Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, coming to you from the beautiful Venice Canals. We've got a great episode in store for you today. I'm back in Boulder, Colorado, back at Canopy Boulder, the accelerator to interview Robert of Royal Supply. Royal Supply has the packaging game in the cannabis industry wrapped up. They have formed these fantastic long-term relationships with China and all the supply chain that you need. Uh, by Robert's own admission, it is not a sexy business. Packaging is not cool. But you know what is cool? Making money. And he's on a million and a half dollar a year run rate right now. Are you paying attention yet? Robert's also been a fan of the show for quite some time. And as you guys know, when founders are inspired and learn from my show and then build companies, there's just no better reward than that. So shout out to Robert and all Canopy Boulder for having me. Let's get into the episode. I learned a ton. You're gonna learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Thank you for having me here. We're in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. I cannot believe I'm back with another class. I was with the first class of Canopy Boulder. I've been with several. There have been a lot of Canopy Boulder companies on this show. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've been a big fan of the podcast for a couple of years now. So the fact that I'm sitting here is uh, pretty special. It fucking warms my heart <laughs> when people tell me that, man. I, this is why I started this shit. I just wanted other people to feel the passion and learn the shit that I was learning every day. Absolutely. And yeah, anyway. Okay, well, let's get started on an easy one. Tell us what your company is and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Robert Kenny. I am the CEO and co-founder of Royal Supply. Uh, we partner with brands, cultivators, and extractors to create amazing compliant retail packaging for the cannabis industry. Retail compliant packaging. Yep. This is a very, very relevant thing to be doing at the moment. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is it's all different depending on what state you're in. Mm -hmm. How have you solved that problem? So right now we are operating out of San Francisco, California. Okay. So just the market in California is a beast of its own. Sure is. Um, that is our bread and butter. So we are experts in the laws in California. And one thing to that note, just in 2018, they probably changed the packaging laws at least four times. Yes. Yeah. So it comes bastards. Down, yeah, it comes down to just being nimble and uh, being able to stay on top of that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And when we get into other states, because uh, we do have a national footprint. Um, Where else are you today? Um, we have every legal state pretty much. That is where we focus oh, wow. on. Um, so we have an online operation that is great for lead generation and just putting ourselves out there. So we're getting people from the emerging markets like Oklahoma, uh, Michigan. Um, you've got the more established markets like Colorado and California and whatnot. But And at what stage does a company tend to come to you? Or would you like them to come to you? So we're working with people who literally come to us with a concept. They maybe are in a fundraising right now where they are trying to get some, some branding, some collateral to start showing investors where we're really working with them to figure out what they need, what kind of products they're working with um, to go from there. On the flip side, we also work with some of the most well-established brands in the industry. They already have branding. They already have a full graphic design team to get that look and feel. And where they're coming to us is working from the perspective of um, a manufacturing partner. 
somebody who can interface with China, somebody who can make sure that they've got a consistent flow, consistent supply. Um, so you don't, in some cases you do, but maybe your secret sauce here is not so much the design element, but the connections and the manufacturing and, and relationships you've developed. Yeah, we really, I mean, when it comes down to packaging, like what's special about packaging? Um, you tell me. <laughs> uh, really where we're providing our value is coming down to um, just the full level of service that we're giving. You could essentially look at us as a salaried position that these brands are working with from the perspective of sourcing, um, dealing with China, making sure that um, everything is in line and knowing the nuances of it and whatnot. They're coming to us as that industry expert, so to speak. So it almost seems kind of too good to be true. Like you're coming to me and saying, you don't have to worry about China anymore. I got this. I'll handle it. That's a lot of faith to put in a company, right? Certainly. And at the end of the day, um, we are working pretty hand in hand with them. So it's a lot of, there's call it a contact point that we're working with. We're going to be giving them updates all along the way. Problems do happen. Manufacturing issues do happen. And part of the value with us is we're going to be those people who are going to bat for you at the factories. We have long-standing relationships with these types of people. And, and it, how did you make those relationships? Hard work. I've been to China a couple times, um, but no, no pre-existing relationships. You just decided you want to do this business and went to China and made relationships. That's how. Yeah, how there, there's a method to the madness wild. when you're I like that. when you're sourcing suppliers. Um, it is one of those things where you might talk with, you find a product that you want. Let's take glass jars. Super simplistic. You might go and find ten suppliers that could fulfill that type of thing, and then you're narrowing it down from communication, quality, capabilities. Um, and then the last step is you actually have to go there, meet them face to face. There's not a single manufacturer that we work with that I don't have a personal relationship, haven't shaken their hand, um, had dinner with them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So relationships to us are hugely important. And with that, we get these factories to kind of bend over backwards to help service us in turn servicing the customers. So why just cannabis? You could do this in any number of industries. Cannabis is sexy. It is one of those things where- Sure is. <laughs> no, it's one of those things where you have to have a passion with what you're getting yourself into. I mean, packaging inherently is, sure, it's an opportunity that's in traditional industry across anything, um, but if you're really trying to get involved in this type of industry, you could either go plant touching route or the ancillary route. Mm -hmm. So going the ancillary route, there are things such as banking issues that you're not as concerned with, still a problem. You still have to be walking on eggshells, but you're it's not- It's a little easier. It's a little easier. You're not working Hopefully with, it's a little easier to raise money. Certainly. Which I don't know how true that is anymore, but yeah, I think there's still some element to it, right? Absolutely. Um, so how far along are you in the class? When did this uh, class of, of Canopy start? So we are probably, this is our going in our third week at this point, and it has been- Oh, it's just- the start of it. it is just the start. How fun. It is like drinking water out of a fire hose. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the intangibles that Canopy brings to the table has been way more than we ever could have imagined. Yeah. From the perspective of network, access to uh, mentors, people like yourself getting opportunities like this. I mean, that's not on the term sheet kind of thing that right, you, right, right, you right. get it's with just it. It's extra. Yeah. It's extra. And that's yeah. 
they provide so much value in that regard. We couldn't be happier. Being They're good people. Um, Great people. Mike has been on the show before. We're going to have Patrick on the show in just a few minutes, but we know each other pretty well. Um, what's really cool is that, like a lot of cannabis companies, they started by trying to be a lot of places and be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think through their experience in California, they've doubled down and focused on the classes here, which is only to your guys' benefit, right? I mean, that's amazing that like, and you and whether or not what that says about the future of Canopy, I don't think it matters. Like, it's like, hey, like you gotta do what's right for the classes that are here in Boulder. Plus it's so fucking beautiful. And with that said, I mean, we could toot our own horns here for this class, but we've got a lot of good companies here. Just the amount of... How many companies are in the class? So there are 10 companies in the cohort, wow. and there are over 300 applicants that came through. Wow. And you're getting different stages. Earlier on, there were a lot of ideas coming of through, through revenue stuff. And now just being in company with people that have traction, they have products, they're out there. You're really like in good company and uh, Canopy's in a great position. That's that. fun, Absolutely. super fun. And so tell me about your traction. Where are you today? You, you do the, the weekly pitches and everybody says, you said you were gonna get this done this week. Did you get this done this week? That's, that's how it works, right? So the traction has been uh, for us pretty substantial actually. We started back in 2016 out of a basement in North Carolina with only $10,000. And uh, it was an e-commerce operation. And 2016 was maybe 50,000 in revenue. 2017 was 500,000 in revenue. 2018 was 1.3 million and we're back we're still in the, the that million dollar run rate so we've had pretty substantial traction in that time what was invested to get to that million dollar revenue number ten thousand dollars that's from it the beginning. yep that's fucking incredible man good for you we are at the point now where we have taken a look at the the market and our position in it and um we're, we're at the point where we're ready to take on capital compete at a larger scale mm -hmm. we've successfully proven there's a market fit for us. We work with some of the, some major brands in the industry. And um, if we didn't take money and we didn't go and capitalize on this opportunity, we're gonna get left behind. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So we're really positioned well to take advantage of that with a, such a stable base on growing, not just let's throw money at this and see if it works. Mm -hmm. no, we've proven we can make it work. We're profitable today. We don't need this money. We can continue growing at the same trajectory we're on but that's not fun. I mean, yeah. let's let's do this big. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting, man. Yeah. I kind of thought I was going to come here and be like with pre-revenue companies, you know? That's not you. Nope, nope, You're nope. crushing it. <laughs> You're crushing it. Very cool. What's the biggest barrier to your scale right now? Labor. I mean, that is what we're doing right now. We are in an infrastructure raise. So we've got the the systems and the processes in place, the relationships with the people we need to have. Um, it comes down to I'm working 90 hours a week. Our sales reps are working just as much. Like we are to the point where we need more resources to continue to pour fuel on this fire. So the raise that we're happening is going to be um, investing in salespeople, going on circuits of trade shows, marketing, just really driving home sales to continue that upward forward trajectory. And What's an ideal customer for you? A big MSO? Is that what you're looking for? No, not particularly. Um, we've really found our bread and butter being that kind of middle market company, even the the lower end, or excuse me, the, the earlier stage, just because we provide the most value there. Um, 
kind of described in the beginning, we were able to essentially provide what would be a full-time salaried position for this. Mm -hmm. And the people who really appreciate that the most are the ones who don't really have all the resources to maybe have a full sourcing manager or a full graphic design team. Um, so that's where the sticking value comes. Mm -hmm. The lifetime value of our customer is pretty incredible from that perspective because we get in with them and... And who wants to change packaging providers? There's massive switching costs associated yeah. with it. Yeah, and, and it's unclear whether it'd be better. Like, it, isn't it hard to kind of create like a competitive advantage to steal away a customer? Like it's hugely relationship-based. Yeah. There are companies in our space that we get business from all the time because the customers are saying, man, I wasn't getting the same attention that I want. They grew too big. They're too, I'm not important to them anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll take you in and we'll, we'll be able to nurture that relationship. And we have found that the sheer relationships that we have and the service that we're able to provide is how we've gotten from, from there to here where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's fun stuff. So you're three weeks in, how many more, how many weeks is it? So it's a, um, 13 week program. It will end on April 9th. Okay. And where do you expect to be then? So we, um, are in the process of kind of dumping everything into trade shows and marketing to continue that trajectory. So we are in the process of raising a larger round, uh, $750,000 to take things to that next step. And what we're doing at this point is using a, um, a note to be able to um, kind of sprinkle that fuel on the fire to prove that, hey, we can take your money and we can turn it into something far more than that. It's a safe? Uh, no, we're not doing a safe. It's just convertible. It's just a convertible note that uh, that's the benefit of being here at Canopy. They invest in all these companies mm -hmm. and we're utilizing their um, note that we raised with them to... Um, same note, same terms. As the Canopy terms or no? Yes. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. So it's a great time for investors to come on now. How much do you have soft circles, one of my favorite phrases in the world? Soft circles is like they told you they were going to give it to you. <laughs> so this is a, a new process for us. We are just beginning this. Um, I am going to be giving an introduction at ArcView coming up on uh, the 4th through the 6th. Well, that should be an interesting experience for you. It's going to open sure. up a lot of doors yeah. and uh, really start this process. So we're, we're early on in the um, getting things jump started, but we've got a lot to go. Can I give you a touch of advice? Yes, please. You didn't ask me, but I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> it's my show. Um, be very careful how much money you take and where you take it from. Because in this industry in particular, and I'm not gonna name any names, this it's a fucking wild west in this industry. I've heard some horror stories. You know that. And people want two board seats and they want all these ability to acquire you. You're a business today. Like your shit is working. Mm -hmm. Just be careful. It is mindful to be to, to know about that kind of stuff. I try to stay up to date yeah. on the the downturns in the cannabis market, why is it happening? How can that turn into an opportunity for us? Yeah. In my eyes, all the dumb money is getting out. People are getting afraid that the downturn with the market is, oh, what, what's happening? But smart money is staying in. They're gonna be able to buy in at these truer valuations. And even if- Everybody calling me right now is like, woo, shit's getting cheap. <laughs> They're excited, you know? And they should be. 
because the best in class operators are the ones that are going to left standing and it's going to be at a 30% discount from what it was in 2018, you know? And also if you look at it on the flip side, let's say we did raise money in 2018 when valuations were great. Well, you get that market downturn. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd be raising a down round. You're right raising now. the down round. We have the opportunity from an, for our investors to start down here and only go up. Mm -hmm. The industry is not going to crash much further than this. Money is going to be starting to be put to work. And like you said, things are going to shake out. And the ones who are best positioned for that are going to be the most successful. So you said your biggest barrier is labor. Mm -hmm. Talk to us more about that. We are the typical entrepreneurs. We wear all the hats. We've got our salespeople that are working with um, the design team, doing some sort of creative direction. They're also managing the purchasing. They're also communicating with the suppliers. We're, we're doing it all. And the, um, the way to make that more efficient is let's make our sales team more efficient. Let's put more resources behind them, such as project managers, such as support specialists, and really maximize their efficiency there. Mm -hmm. um, so once we can take those working on the business type of activities off the table, it's gonna allow us to spend more time directly working with those customers, more time meeting new customers, and taking on more business in general. So you're based in San Francisco, yeah? Yep. Where in San Francisco are you? Richmond from? District. Okay, what up? Uh, I don't know what the area code is out there, but I would have named it. Um, it's probably the same. 94121. 94121. Oh, that's well, a zip that's, code. That's a zip code, yeah. Usually I'm, in rap songs, they call I, it. I, I'm, from, I'm from North Carolina, so I've got a 919 zip code. I'm not sure what's what's going on in San Francisco, though. So <laughs> It should be 415, but I don't know about the Richmond District. Yeah. I don't know if it's different. Okay. Um, so very relevant question for you. You talked about how labor is your barrier in hiring people. How do you feel about the pool of possible employees in San Francisco? I think that, so first of all, that's a really interesting topic to even start thinking about just from how expensive San Francisco is right, in general. Right. You're getting great talent, sure, but that's very expensive talent. Let me ask you a different question. Let okay. me ask you a different one. Why did you start your company in San Francisco? That is a great question. I actually have an answer for it. So when we were started back in 2016, this was in North Carolina, and we were quickly realizing that B2B is the way to go. That's where, that's where all the money is. So you want to be in the thick of things. And at the time when we took a lay of the land in terms of competitive landscape, you had all the 800-pound gorillas down in LA from the Cushes, Green Rush, Marijuana Packaging, Biohazard, all these packaging supply type companies were already having a strong foothold there, leaving Northern California, San Francisco specifically wide open. Mm -hmm. So we have really carved a niche in Northern California there in that regard, um, just because nobody's there. And that in and of itself has opened up doors, um, many doors, in fact, with the brands that are up there. I can imagine. So the biggest packaging manufacturer that I know that I've worked with is Lulu. Uh, in the Bay Area. Do you know them? Are you familiar with that name? You should be. Uh, if you go in their factory right now, they have a massive, expansive factory. They do all kinds of packaging. But if you walk through the rows of their machines, it's like every brand you've ever smoked, like mm -hmm. just one after another. And I work with a lot of companies, and all the time in their expenses, the line item is Lalu, like over and over again. So I'll make that intro for you, man. You I would appreciate that. that. I would love to talk with you. You should know them. Um, 
because your company is in San Francisco, it brings up an interesting opportunity. I want to talk about the difference between California cannabis and Colorado cannabis. Mm -hmm. And I think you're sort of uniquely, uniquely situated to answer that question. From a per perspective of packaging, there is a clear difference between the Colorado packaging and the California packaging. Colorado, it, well, let's start with, with California. California, you've got all these big, huge, nationally recognized brands. That's where all the big dogs are really coming from. With that said, the competitive landscape there is significantly more, so packaging in and of itself is gonna be that much more crucial. Where what we've seen here in Colorado, just kind of perusing dispensaries, packaging isn't as much of a focus. Sucks. It's not, it's, I mean, sucks. I can say it, you don't have to say it. I went to Euflora last night and I was very underwhelmed. But to that same point, you also have a market like Nevada, Las Vegas. The packaging and even the stores in Las Vegas are going to be way above what you would even see in California, just because Vegas in and of itself is show. Flashy. It's yeah. flashy. So it was incredibly interesting going from market to market to market to see how different, different the packaging is. Yeah. I mean, the laws are generally the same for the most part. Some could differ in like transparency versus opaque versus whatnot. But mm -hmm. in terms of where people are spending effort on their packaging, it is a, there's some clear differences for sure. And how about the weed? You smoke weed, you're, we talked about it before, you're a weed smoker. Not right now, not on camera, don't worry, <laughs> But um, how about the weed, Colorado versus California? So I'm not sure in terms of the, uh, it's a lot cheaper out here, I, I will say that. And it's cheaper than coming from North Carolina, just saying if you could find it. But with um, with California, it's like it is completely eye opening. It's game changing. It's a whole new world out here. I've lived in San Francisco the past two years now, so I'm kind of like opening my eyes to, wow, this is a massive industry. This is there's so much to this. I'm I'm a flower guy kind of. I'm Me not, too. I don't get into the the concentrates or. Eh, it's you, a good mobile solution. You can, but, yeah. you can dabble with it, um, but just from a pure flower perspective. Um, it's pretty incredible from a price perspective and a quality perspective. In California. In California. And what I've seen here in Colorado is even cheaper from a price point than what you're seeing in California. It's definitely cheaper. You guys have a lot less taxes than we do here. Um, you know, look, I, I've smoked weed in Colorado a number of times, but I always, when I come here, whenever I go anywhere, I try to, you know, go into a shop and see what's up and try to, you know, familiarize myself and see what's going on see what's going on and i i went to you for last night and i think i bought the best eighth that they had it's called neon flamingo i like indicos hybrids <laughs> indicos whatever i never heard of neon flamingo yeah these, these names these days and i didn't I even like know it. like what the strange genetics were like if did i don't know what sold you on it i just smelled it and looked at it and so it wasn't some flashy packaging that no it comes in uh here hand me that jar it, it comes in a yeah, stupid it, gold it, medical thing exactly a reversible cap vial I mean, it's this is like where you get Vicodin. You, you were know? using that back in 2015. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the graduate of the plastic Ziploc bag. Yeah, barely. Barely. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> okay, cool. So why isn't everyone in Colorado know that and using it? Know what? And you, what do you mean? That that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That is something that baffles me. Is what you're supposed to say is they haven't heard of us yet. They haven't heard of us yet. Yeah, there you go. 
You can edit that later. <laughs> I won't though. That was gold. That was gold. Um, well, this was fun, man. Thank you so much for joining me. How can the audience help you? What are you looking to hire anyone? Do you need a co-founder? Are you looking for a distributor or whatever? How can we help you? So yeah, I kind of mentioned it. We are in the process of raising a larger round here, seven hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars for that next step. So. I would love to start talking with people and meeting people that are interested in learning more about it. And um, is there a strategic that you'd like? I mean, is there is there a, a skill set that you'd like in an investor? There is a difference between dumb money. Not all money is the same. Mm-hmm. So at this point in what we're doing, we really want that people that can come in and add value. We're not looking at the family. Well, what kind of value? What kind of value? From a strategic value, being able to um, bring on other investors. You've got a lead investor that's going to attract other types of people. Um, a network to kind of get in the door and get things started is really who we need. The family and friends around, sure, we've had people that approach us to want to give us money, but that's not the money that we're looking for. And you don't need money that bad. That's the beautiful yeah. thing about your business. Mm-hmm. Well, this was fun, man. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for being a fan and watching and warms my heart. Thanks. Warms my heart. Thanks. So.